Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult age 21 and older who dips, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo Zero pouches. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. All proudly made here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the best of the herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. What up? Welcome in. This is the herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening to the show, I'm Doug Gottlieb. In for Colin Cowherd, the radio-only edition of the best sports show on radio. The Herd rolls on live from Los Angeles. What's that Colin always says? Wherever you may be and however you may be listening to the show, thanks so much for making us part of your day. We are uh, high atop our skyscraper in uh, Sherman Oaks, California, where... It is set to be hotter than the sun later on this afternoon. Matter of fact, plenty of people who live on the sun are coming into Southern California to cool off this weekend. Right? We have two weekends left before football is on TV. Two weekends left before football is on TV. Pac-12 media days taking place. Don't know if that matters to you. Uh, SEC media days have taken place. We got some college football stuff. A little bit stuff sort of for you, if you will. Uh, Major League Baseball, obviously we're getting closer and closer to that trade deadline. Will Shohei Otani finish his season and will it be the end of his career with the Angels as he continues to chase the home run record? Stop with the American League home run record. Everybody knows Barry Bonds and those guys were on steroids. There is no, there's no, there's, there's no, hey, I got a perfect score in the SAT. Yes, you cheated on that SAT. I know, but I still got a perfect score. In no place in the world do we consider somebody who cheated to get a record a viable record. So he's going after the home run record that Aaron Judge set last year. Speaking of Aaron Judge, Yankees in bad shape. Can they turn their season around? Got a little baseball for you in the herd. All right, that's probably a baseball. Women's World Cup getting started? I don't know. Anybody? You know, we didn't win the Olympics. I think Canada win the Olympics? I think Canada did. So this is, is this a redeemed team? Not sure. Anyway, that gets underway tonight-ish, tonight-ish. But the story that has been the story of this week in sports is, oh my God, running backs are just treated so mean. <laughs> And there is a parallel to the Jets' demands or the Jets' rules that you can't show or Hard Knocks is not going to show players being cut because it's just too emotional. We've we've done this in society where we try and eliminate any sort of real negativity and then we wonder why people struggle when real negativity strikes in your life. I mean, think about this. It's not that players aren't going to get cut from the Jets, right? Like when the Jets start camp, 
like the Chiefs started camp, how many players did they have? The answer is 90, right? They got to cut it to 53. So somewhere in there, there is uh, 37? 37 guys who will be out of a job. Or some will, of course, be on practice squad and there's some, you know, play with the numbers. But the idea that we're going to pretend like that doesn't exist, that doesn't happen, we can't see those conversations. There's a parallel there to the running back market. It's like we just can't have real conversations anymore. You know? This entire week has been, well, running backs, they need to form their own union. Huh? Well, Saquon Barkley, he needs to not play. Huh? Just so we're aware, okay, Saquon Barkley and um, Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard. Three talented running backs, three fairly young running backs. All three, by the way, and like do not get this twisted in your, if you're, if you're a scroller every morning or if you're listening to sports radio or you're watching sports on TV, if you, if you listen to most most of what you've heard, not everything, not everything with Colin, not everything with J-Mac, okay, but most everything, you will feel like the Cowboys, Raiders, and Giants said, hey, bud, we don't really want you. Here's an offer. Take, here's the money. Take it or leave it. That's not what happened. The, the Giants made an offer to Saquon Barkley months ago at a reported $12 million a year guaranteed, probably two and a half years. Josh Jacobs slightly below that was below that number, hey, and we don't know about Tony Pollard either. But the idea is, it it's a negotiation. I want an extension. Okay, we'd like to keep you. I'd like you know some sort of guarantee in the future. Sure, we'd love to give you that, but we're not just going to overpay you because in every running backs, the average NFL career is about 3.9 years. The average NFL running backs career is 2.9 years. And oh yeah, by the way, give me a second contract. That's a good contract, right? What are the big second contracts people are playing on right now? Christian McCaffrey wasn't hurt first three years, all banged ups ever since. Alvin Kamara, unbelievable new age running back wide receiver. How much has he been banged up? And then you go through the, you know, the Chiefs actually drafted a first-round draft pick, but it was a seventh-round draft pick that helped them win a Super Bowl. But regardless of which, it's this is the real conversation. Okay? If you if you know me and you know my background, Doug Gottlieb in for Colin, the herd on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Obviously, I was a basketball player. I come from a basketball family. I've used it, and this is my 20th year in national sports radio where we cover all sports. But my area of expertise obviously has been basketball. And it's interesting. I haven't heard one person, not a soul, complain about traditional centers being either out of the NBA or having their their contracts aren't growing at the rate of Brad Beal. They're not like you'd show me a traditional center. Like Jaleel Okafor, uh, Roy Hibbert. Heck, in college basketball, the last two years, Oscar Shibway and Zach Eady. I came out of college in the year 2000. Had they come out those years, they would have been lottery picks. So Zach Eady returns to college because he wouldn't be a first round draft pick. When they get to the NBA, they oftentimes have a cup of coffee and then they're off to Europe. I haven't heard anybody go, you know, centers need to have their own union. No, the game has evolved. We're, we're going to punish NFL teams for getting smart with their money and not making long-term investments for short-term buys? That, by the way, is the dumbest stuff people ever utter. Only to be topped by the latest and greatest from Saquon Barkley. Because what Saquon Barkley is doing is what some of us have tried. Right? And what do you mean? I'll explain in a second. Saquon Barkley yesterday scrubbed his social media account of the New York Giants. Doesn't happen. If it's not on social media, it's not happening. It's like a relationship, right? If you're not in a relationship on social media, you're not in a relationship. You're not social media official. And of course, this is a move that we've seen from Kyler Murray, most famously, and 
Like you go through the laundry list. Guys in a contract negotiation. Didn't Quinn and Williams do that with the with the Jets this year as well? Right, like, well, I don't have Jets on my website. On my on my Twitter handle. By the way, did he have a thread handle? Or did he just sign up for threads and then not use it like the rest of us? Because that's kind of what's happened, right? Like, I was on thread for like a day and then I didn't really know how to use the GIFs and nobody else moved on and I went back to Twitter. Anyway, like, Saquon, bruh, what what are you doing? And I understand what somebody might think, like, hey, um, his only leverage is not playing, is not showing up. But is it really leverage? Because if you actually know the rules, and this is where the hard conversations come in, you want to sit him down and go like, um, Saquon, here's the thing. Even if the Giants woke up this morning and John Mara, the owner of the Giants, had this epiphany, I have to have Saquon Barkley. There's not a penny that I will not spend. What, what, we were at 12, he was at 14, hell, give him 15. If he just said, you know what, I, I, the negativity is too much, I want to give him $15 million. Do you know what the Giants can do? Nothing. It, there's a rule in the NFL. There's, there was a deadline. It was Monday at 4 o'clock Eastern. Either a contract extension is signed or you have to play under the franchise tag. The, the only option would be they could pull that franchise tag and then he could become a free agent. Well, why would the Giants do that? Well, they don't like him. No, that's not true. They love Saquon Barkley. They offered him franchise tag, $10 million, which by the way, do, do people know they can do the exact same thing next year? No negotiation. They can get done with the season, go like, oh, you don't want any contract extension or we don't want you. There's another one. It'll probably, be, it'll probably be about the same money. Might actually be less money next year. They have leverage. He has none. His, because leverage is if I withhold, if I do this, I get something. What does he get? Every day he doesn't sign that contract once the season begins, he loses money. And if he doesn't play the entire year, he loses that year. And guess what? The Giants can do the same thing next year. And then they have two years of a franchise tag by rule. What Saquon Barkley is doing, and have you ever done this? Like you get your summer grades, you're like, oh, dude. And you realize I got a B plus, okay, in accounting. And I was like, one, there was a one paper I didn't do. I just blew off. I was like, ah, it's worth like 1% of your grade. But you had a 89.5. You're like, oh my God, had I just turned in that one paper, even at half credit, I would have a 90, I'd have an A, and that would be a four in my GPA, and then I'd be eligible. or And then I would be on the honor roll or whatever. And you go to the professor and you're like, hey, is there anything I can do? And they're like, yes, you could have done this before the deadline. We turned in your grades. There's nothing you can do, dude. Right? Saquon Barkley, there's nothing we can do. You can scrub all that crap you want off the New York Giants. If you play football next year, it's going to be the franchise tag. It's going to be for the New York Giants. Not just if you want it, if they want it. That's the rule. Who made that rule? Actually, your union did. How long is that rule in place for? Seven more years. Well, we need to renegotiate. No, the NFL is never renegotiating something. That's not the way it works. Right? Any contract in life. Okay? Once, the, once you sign on the line that is dotted, that ink dries, that's it. Right? Ariel tried that. Remember? Little Mermaid? Huh? Once you sign the line that's dotted, that's it. It's over. And again, by rule. So please stop with other people in the media. Right? Jay Williams at ESPN, he plays golf with him. He's like, oh, that's his leverage. That's not leverage, dude. Gonna sit a whole year. Huh. He's going to do the Le'Veon Bell and then, oh yeah, by the way, how does it work by rule for the Giants? Just a redo of this year where they can franchise tag him. He has no leverage, but he hasn't played for a year. And then, oh yeah, by the way, after that year, they need to have another year of being a franchise taggy. It's over. The only thing left to do is, what do they say in Princess Bride, right? 
Go through their go through their pockets for loose change. That's it. It's over. This thing is done. You're a giant. You're playing for ten point oh nine million dollars. Go out, have a great year. Try to negotiate so that if you have a great year, maybe you get that contract extension you always wanted. Probably don't. And you know what? If the Giants don't like how you're doing business, but they like you as a football player, they can do it again. But these are hard conversations that we no longer will have even when everybody in professional sports knows you have 90 guys, you got to cut them to 53. These are realities. And, and when we stop lying to people because we like them, we like Saquon Barkley. He's like, he's like a Legatron, right? Like dude, dude's the most yoke guy ever. He seems like a great guy. This has nothing to do with liking you, not liking you, respecting you, not respecting you. This is business. This is a contract. You're going back to the professor when the grades are already done and saying, wait, what What if I... Sorry, dude. We can't do anything even if we wanted to. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio. Hi, it's The Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's catch up with Mark Stein. He's an NBA correspondent for Substack. That's where he writes. And I would encourage you to download this new podcast he has with Chris Haynes. You know, Chris Haynes, he does... Um, he does sideline for TNT. So Mark and Chris Haynes, two guys have covered the league for years. All the insight you need. It's called this league uncut. Remember this league uncut. And instead of like tweets, they actually talk about like super depth about everything going on the league. And, uh, Mark joins us now in the herd on Fox sports trading, the iHeart radio app. Um, I was, uh, I was trolling James Harden on IG. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding now, but he put out a, uh, IG message, okay? And you're much hipper in the IG. What does this actually mean, right? It feels like, I feel like one of those explorers in Egypt looking at hieroglyphics. Been comfortable for so long, time to get uncomfortable. Um, w- w- What does that mean for James Harden? What's the message to the rest of the NBA? 
if I am your IG translator, this show and your uh, your <laughs> career could be your career could be in trouble. I mean, look, the, I think I think what you can glean from it is James Harden wants to go to the Clippers. He's made that clear. We've heard the Sixers publicly lobbying him to amend that stance. Joel Embiid has said it. Patrick Beverly just got to Philly. He said it. Daryl Morey went on the radio in Philly, and he said it. They're all hoping to change Harden's mind, but Harden's mind, you know, he is trying to send the message back. You can't change my mind. I want to be traded. I want out. But that word uncomfortable, you know, we don't have to rewind too far to remember how uncomfortable he made it for the Houston Rockets when he wanted out and how uncomfortable he made it for the Brooklyn Nets when he wanted out. Only he knows how far he's willing to go when training camp comes around. Does he really want to make things uncomfortable for the Sixers as well? But I would say he's dealing with the front office that has shown that it has as much or more patience than anybody else on the NBA map. We all remember the Ben Simmons saga, and you had know-it-alls like you and I yelling at Daryl Morey, take the trades that are on the table. You've got to get something for Simmons. This can't go on and on. And Daryl Morey waited all the way to the trade deadline in February, and he got the trade he wanted for James Harden then. So, you know, I don't think the Sixers are going to just Yield and you know Daryl Morey himself is known for being okay with being uncomfortable too. So I think we're just at the early stages of this standoff, and this will not be the last IG post that us old men are trying to decipher. Okay, how about this? Do, do the do the Clippers want him? I think they want him to a degree, but if you also study Daryl Morey's trade history, he's not. You know, he look. He went on. He went on 97.5 FM in Philly like he did during the Ben Simmons saga a couple of years ago and, and was very open about it, as open as you'll hear a GM. Daryl Morey said, we're not trading Harden unless we get a star back or unless we clearly get the pieces that we can flip to get a star. You know, the word he, the, the description he used was he wants a top flight running mate for Joel Embiid because Harden is that guy right now. Now they have, Tyrese Maxey emerging, but all the word around the league is that the, 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 the Sixers ask for a Harden trade. It's a pretty high bar to hit right now. So there isn't exactly a line of teams forming, let's put it like that. Yeah, and look, the, the Clippers need a point guard, and it's, it is interesting that it would reunite him with Russell Westbrook. That friendship didn't didn't end well in Houston, although Westbrook's in a completely different position, essentially playing on a minimum minimum deal. So am I reading this wrong? Would like Westbrook be his backup? Would that be the plan? Yeah, I don't think Westbrook would start most likely if if Harden comes in. But I guess it would also depend on, you know, can the Clippers do this trade by themselves? Do they I would think they're gonna have to bring in at least a third team, maybe a fourth team and you know it just it doesn't feel close at all right now. And that's really the reality with all of these trade watches that we're on in the NBA right now. You know, Damian Lillard, James Harden, Pascal Siakam, their, you know, their names have been frequently discussed in trade scenarios. And we know that in two of these cases, Lillard and Harden, that they actually have lodged trade requests and, and want to be moved. But, you know, there is not. This has not been a week of high activity in the NBA. You know, you know, uh, part of the the new collective bargaining agreement, um, as as you know, Mark Stein joining us. He writes for Substack. His podcast with Chris Haynes is called This League Uncut. Incredible depth of insight into everything around around the NBA. I, I, you know this. I know this, but I don't know if the common fan understands that the new collective bargaining agreement which goes into effect, what, at the end of this year? Um, no, it's in effect. Oh, it, in effect, right. So it's got, it's so, so, so the reason for a lot of these trades and movements is to, because if you, you want to get away from that second tier, right? The second apron, it's a, it's a luxury tax thing or a, a tax on your, on your salary thing. But the other thing is that they, they created these super max contracts. And the idea behind it is all of these small market clubs are like, 
we we just keep we're like we can't be a farm system for the Lakers and a farm system for the you know pick the pick the newest hottest or the 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 Miami Heat etc right or to keep our guys but that goes direct directly in conflict with what you know Damian Lillard ultimately is going to wave the white flag and likely go play for the Miami Heat so I guess the the, the question is is it still going to be business as usual moving forward where player takes the big contract despite the home and then after getting the big contract a year two years later they ask to be traded even though the whole idea of this collective bargaining agreement is for the utahs and oklahoma cities and san antonio's of the world to be able to keep the players that they grow well the way it was really interpreted by many teams around the league is that this was designed to basically end super teams that you could have two max guys but if you tried to have a third it's going to be really hard to build around them because of all the restrictions when you cross the first tax apron and then really when you cross the second tax apron. When you cross that second tax apron, you just lose almost every single team-building measure there is around your main guys. But the crazy part is, as for all the fear of the second apron, and all the concern, you know, we, I think on this show we've talked numerous times about how expensive it will be for Boston just to keep Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum together. They'll probably never have as deep a team as they just had if they re-sign those two guys to the max deals they're eligible for. But what we've actually seen, we've seen Phoenix go a zillion miles past the second apron. We see Miami trying to get Dane Lillard which would give them three max, three basically max guys with Butler, Adebayo, and Dame, and then how are they going to build around them? And the Clippers, now this would only be for one year because Harden only has one year left on his deal, but now you know the Clippers, before the draft, they were said to be weighing the option, at least considering the option of trading Paul George and breaking up the Kawhi-Paul George tandem. Now the Clippers are going the other way, and they want – you know, they're, they're considering trading for Harden, which would give, give them three very, very expensive players. So it's interesting that even with these restrictions coming in, next season we could still have three super teams. And we really weren't supposed to have any anymore. It's supposed to be more like what the Lakers are doing. You have LeBron James and you have AD, and those are your two max guys. And then, the, the, you know, the, the skill is, can you build around them? Can you get enough depth around them if you manage the cap well? You know, that's more the model that we're supposed to see in this new collective bargaining agreement. But it's interesting that, again, starting with the Suns, we're just seeing, we're seeing teams that are defying the second apron. Zach Lowe calls it the lead apron. Yeah, well, I mean, part of it is you have some of this new money and the guys are, you know, you get you get a guy, you spend $3 billion on a team, you're like, all right, I spent, I'm pot committed on the team. What the hell? I'll, you know, why not go for a championship when I when I buy buy this team? L- let me let me ask you about this Draymond Green thing with uh, things I didn't think we would, we would talk about is Jordan Poole's dad calling out Draymond Green in a back and forth because, remember, Draymond said, I apologize to Jordan, but also to his family. And he's like, you didn't say anything to me all year. Uh, Now there's this Jonathan Kaminga doesn't have a relationship with Draymond Green. Like, look, I get it. I like Draymond. Colin, obviously, in business with Draymond. And he's a tremendous player. But, like, we are getting to the point where, dude, it really feels like it's hard for people to deal with the ego of Draymond Green. Well, you know, I, I, the first three years of the Warriors dynasty, I basically lived with that team. I was, you know, I was embedded with them for Sports Center. I went almost everywhere they did. And, you know, just to me, Draymond Green is an absolute winner. And, you know, I think you, when you, you hear what Steve Kerr says about him and what Stephen Curry says about him, like I just don't, that, that's what I'm listening to more. You know, I, I certainly am not privy to whatever conversations there were or weren't last season between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole's family. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know that inside and out, but I, I'm just not buying that, 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 you know, there's some huge lingering, you know, they, they had a rough season last year and they didn't win. If they start winning again, like the Warriors have, I think 
a lot of this stuff goes away. And obviously Kuminga and Moody are still there. But just to me, I've just, I've, in my time, the time that I've spent around that group, like I, he's, he's just such an integral part of what they do that, I mean, there's always noise around him. There are people who certainly, you know, he's a polarizing figure on some levels. There are always going to be people who don't like some of the things that Draymond says and does, no question. But, you know, again, I kind of, I, I lean on not just the success, but the reverence that he is held in by the key figures in that organization. Uh, are you a buyer into the Lakers uh, from, from this standpoint? You know, when free agency ended, people like, well, Lakers won free agency. And I thought Rob Polinka did well. Like, I'm not criticizing, but there's only so much you can do. Like, that wasn't a championship team last year. It doesn't feel like it's going to be a championship team with LeBron a year older. They were healthy last year. But there seems to be, because people said they won free agency, that suddenly they're a championship caliber team. I don't see it. Where are you on the Lakers? I think they had a very good off season, I, I, you know, I wouldn't say revolutionary, you know, that's too far, but you know, you, you kind of underline the point within what you just said there. I mean, LeBron is heading into season 21 and Anthony Davis when healthy is the most disruptive defensive player in the league. But again, when healthy. So the reality is as well as they've done sprucing up the roster, strengthening the supporting cast, it still rides on what LeBron and AD can do and can. You know, we we had Darvin Ham on with us. We did a live pod from Vegas, and, you know, Darvin Ham said he thinks Austin Reeves can reach all-star level someday. If Austin Reeves makes that kind of leap, then that might be the true difference maker beyond the moves of the offseason because ultimately, yes, this team is still going as far as LeBron and AD can take it, even though I, I mean, if you look at where they were a year ago and you look at the rest of the roster now, it is in, in so much better shape. They they have made a number of very nice moves. Yeah, they, they've, they've they've done the best they can with what they have, but that doesn't mean they're going to win a championship, kind of be because of it. That would that would be the last thing here, Mark. Before we let you go, you mentioned that we're kind of in this no man's land where you're not really motivated to get this done. When's the next like deadline? When's the next moment where like a Lillard to Harden? When is the, when is the next time where we should really go? This is this is real. This is really will heat up. I think camp is really the next deadline because do the Blazers want to bring? Do the Blazers want to? Are the Blazers willing to be patient enough to take this thing into the season and ask Damian Lillard? You know, come to training camp. We're not ready to trade you. You know, that's really the next. And that's not till October 2nd. Media day is October 2nd for 28 of the 30 teams in the league. So we've still got quite a bit of summer runway with Lillard, with Harden, and with Siakam. It's still not, I think, if you, you know, teams are still not sure Toronto's level of willingness to trade Siakam. Some teams think they are ready, some teams aren't sure. But. I would also say, don't forget, Donovan Mitchell got traded in early September last year. That you know, the talks were serious at summer league. They went quiet for a month plus, and and then the trade erupted. So it can happen. Mark Stein, NBA correspondent on Substack, and more importantly, check out his podcast with Chris Haynes. It's called This League Uncut. Wherever you download your podcast, Mark, have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us in the herd. Be sure to catch live editions of the herd weekdays at noon Eastern, nine a. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. And Pacific. The Jets were in camp yesterday. Aaron Rodgers wearing a Jets helmet, Jets jersey, being a Jet. It, it, it's, it's weird. I mean, the idea that he was so the anti-Farve for so long and now he's following the pattern of Favre. And like, it actually goes further if you think about it. How about this? So Eric Mangini was Favre's coach with the Jets, right? And Eric Mangini, who of course you hear on the herd, like you see on Fox Sports, Eric Mangini was a product of the New England Patriots. He's their former defensive coordinator. And he was in, they had built up a good roster and all they needed was a quarterback. Robert Sala comes over from the Niners, right? Obviously not as revered um, in terms of they haven't achieved the ultimate success with Shanahan winning a Super Bowl, but like look around the league, everybody wants a Shanahan assistant. And here he is. This is what, year three? And needs a quarterback to kind of solidify himself. He's a defensive guy. Like there's a lot of, and then you have Aaron Rodgers and... would he retire? Would he come back? Would he retire? Come back, and then he ends up with the Jets. Like it's weird. There's no, the parallels are fairly obvious. So this was Aaron Rodgers talking about how different he is in terms of his levels of patience. I think it's always important to have patience uh, in shorts and helmets. Have patience the first few days of camp. Sometimes the patience can wear thin if it's some repeat mistakes. But maybe earlier in my career, I was a little more uh, easily angered. And I feel like I'm a little less triggered as I've gotten older. I, listen, I think that's a totally fair way of sharing how you're evolving as a person, right? Like that's a dude who's like, you know, I was, I was kind of a jerk, only usually we use a word that starts with a D and right. That I was, that was, and I'm better now, but you're still demanding, but you have more patience. On the other hand, it's really important to, to know, to mention this. Look, everybody has patience in August, in July, like it's July. Like, show me your level of patience when we get to December. And, you know, and he even said that. It's like, well, a little different. We start making the same mistakes. You know, I was at, I was at a college campus last week and they're like, we, we just, we like our chemistry a lot better. Like, yeah, but if I would have come here in July of last year, wouldn't you have said the same thing about the previous team? Like, that's true. Everybody loves their chemistry. Everybody loves their offseason. Everybody loves their... There's nobody who's like, man, we really screwed up this offseason. Like, it's your first day there. 
It's like, whew, it's going to be a long year. It's going to be a long year. Aaron Rodgers, though, I thought this was really interesting. Alan Lazard, who, of course, played with him with the Packers, okay, then went to the Chiefs, and now is part of his team with the Jets. Alan Lazard said this is the Aaron Rodgers offense. Here's Aaron's response. Listen, I'm not going to say it's my offense. It's one I've had success in, for sure. But back in 2020, it was a conglomeration of what Matt wanted to run, what Hack had run in the past, and what I had run in the past that we just kind of fit together. And this is kind of an offshoot of that with maybe a little bit more West Coast flavor to it. But this is really Hackett's offense that, that I've been able to collaborate on him, you know, with him on, and I love it. But there is a lot of teaching, for sure. Okay, so th- this is interesting here, okay? And I, again, I think Aaron has given really, really, really clear and honest responses. He's like, look, in 2020, right? That was the, the, the COVID year when they lost the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, that was a combination of what I've always known. He's a West Coast guy. What Hackett is his philosophies and Matt LaFleur. And what's crazy about it is Aaron Rodgers won the MVP in Matt LaFleur's offense. And one of the reasons they brought in Matt LaFleur was because whatever West Coast stuff Aaron had always done, which always felt like, like there's two things that I've, I think we've all experienced, right? Every Seahawks game felt like Russell Wilson running around trying to make a play in the fourth quarter, like every game ended the same. And every Packers game was like Aaron Rodgers in the shotgun, also kind of playing backyard football at, you know, in the, in the second half of games. Is that, is that fair? Like that's kind of your memory? And that had grown stale, so they brought in Matt LaFleur. I, I guess my question, and this is a legit question, is we're looking back on Aaron Rodgers in the West Coast offense and his level of comfort with it, not realizing like the reason they went away from that and to the Shanahan Matt LaFleur style was because the Shanahan Matt LaFleur style is better. Right? You may not like it as much. You may not have done as much. You may not feel as comfortable, but it it actually works really, really, really well. And here's the other thing. I, I think I think Aaron's going to have a good year because he's one of those guys that he needs somebody to believe that he has to prove that he's better than he was. Like, he won two MVPs because they drafted Jordan Love. They drafted Jordan Love because he wasn't that good, right? He did look like he was getting older, and Jordan Love was a project. And they're ne- they're, the Packers are never going to be drafting in the top 10. So they had a chance to move up, take a guy who was kind of risky, future play, and that's what they did. But the reality was he wasn't that good that year. And then he bounced back in probably at least some part because Jordan Love made him think, oh, they don't think I'm any good. F you, I'm going to show you. So I do think he's got, he's still got that F you fastball that he can, you know, throw and have late movement and he's going to have a good year. But he's not Aaron Rodgers of 2015. We shouldn't expect that of him. The thing about Aaron Rodgers is he had superpowers and he's still really, really good. He still clearly has his fastball, but it's, it's like Clayton Kershaw. Like, dude, you get down late in the year and suddenly now in the playoffs, they hit you and they didn't hit you in the regular season. It's not... The older you get, it's not that you can't do it. It's that you can't do it as consistently at the level that you used to be able to do it, right? It's the, you know that Toby Keith song? Sorry, you guys are like, what Toby Keith song? It's a Toby Keith song. I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was, right? You know, like when Shaq was with the Heat and they won the NBA title, Shaq wasn't dominant. One game in the NBA Finals, he completely dominated the earth. Back when he was with Kobe, he could dominate most of the games. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers can't still play. He can still play. He's going to be definitely accurate. But part of what made him special was he could run for a first down. He could avoid a guy. He had that unique athleticism. Unbelievable zip, arm strength, accuracy. I've said on this show that if you wrote... You wrote down, okay, like the, the 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 things you'd have to check in boxes for all-time great quarterbacks, right? 
Um, and I, I and I know Colin's perspective on it, and I appreciate it because the world has kind of come around to the he's he's just not a good he's just not good from behind. Like when things are going good, he's a great front runner. That's fair. Okay, I think some of it is out of his control. Some of it he's done well, and you know some of those numbers his defense has let him down. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over for the most part, and no nothing. There's no stat that it is a bigger determinant into winning and losing than turnovers. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn it over. But you got accuracy, check. Arm strength, check. Athleticism, check. Is he, is he intelligent, check. Football intelligence, check. Toughness, hell yeah, dude. He played an NFC Championship game with a torn calf muscle that they lost because they were conservative and... I, I don't know what deal with the devil that Russell Wilson made, but somehow they figured it out. Like he's, he's everything. But all of those things lessen just slightly when you're 39 years old. Right. And he'll turn 40 on December 2nd. Father time and the 72 dolphins. And one other thing are undefeated. So I guess the, my takeaway is, I get it. I understand. Like, we used to do a confluence of it. This is the offense I'm most comfortable in. Hackett knows what I'm comfortable in. We're working together well. He's super excited. He's going to have a good year. But all of those times from, you know, 2011 when he was the MVP, 2014 when he was the MVP, even to 2000, you know, up until when they ran Matt LaFleur's offense. He was in his late 20s and early 30s. He's not that guy anymore. And so Aaron Rodgers putting on the cape and being superhero and running back there playing backyard football and slinging around like, I I don't think that's the recipe for success that LaFleur's offense was because it took the pressure off him. You can run the football. You can chill. And then, you know, if you have it in you late in the game, make a play here or there. That's that's the, the the design behind it. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Dan Steiner is no longer the owner of the Washington Commanders. So, by the way, Dan Steiner, actually owner of the Washington Redskins, then football team, then Commanders, sold all three. Sale went through yesterday. $6.1 billion? Um... I I think I think there's a lot to uh, there, there's a lot to kind of you know go through the disaster that was his ownership right but there's a really kind of simple way of explaining why it was such frankly an embarrassment to the league I mean in in my childhood in my childhood when you thought of the NFL you thought of the NFL. You thought of, among other teams, the Washington Redskins were kind of royalty. Right? Old RFK Stadium was, you could like, they'd pan up from it and then you could see the Capitol. Right? They had the Hogs. They ran counter tray. And they famously won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. And Joe Gibbs was their coach. They were like, kind of America's team-ish, you know? Yeah, and they played the Cowboys and the Giants, and they were all, in the, it just all worked. And I, I think the takeaway is this. They had some good coaches. They took some chances. They tried every different way to win, right? They went and hired Steve Spurrier. Like, that was a disaster. Like, okay, but Steve Spurrier was an innovative offensive mind they tried with. You know, Jay Gruden and Bruce Allen. They actually, like, we can say that that didn't work, but RG3 had a great rookie year. He just got hurt. And then the backup was Kirk Cousins. So they got in the fourth round. Like that was a great draft pick. They had some, they had some players. Um, Jay Gruden yesterday, uh, there was some sound of him saying Dan Snyder insisted on being involved in free agency right, without doing any of the homework. Now, look, a lot of NFL owners, I want to draft this guy, I want to draft that guy, I want to trade. They, they get, they, they're fanboys, but it's their team, and they say owners own. Snyder is famous, by the way, and he was famously despised for being the first owner to charge admission to training camp. 
Something that, by the way, it's not the norm now, but it does happen at a lot of training camps. So he was, I guess, sort of innovative. He clearly lacked any sort of bedside manner. And he was despised by people who worked for him and the people that covered him. And of course, the fans, but most of that was because they didn't win. If they if they won Super Bowls, honestly, Dan Snyder would not be run out of town. I, I I wish it was another way. I wish it was, hey, you're not a good person, you lose your team. That's not how it actually works. But he was a bad guy whose teams didn't win, and still he made, you know, somewhere in the five billion and change profit on selling the football team yesterday. But um I think the ultimate legacy is this. You can't win in business or in sports, which is a business, with dysfunctional leadership. Right? Not, not every company that succeeds has the same plan or has perfect leadership. But you just can't win in spite of dysfunction. You just can't. Right? And you can say whatever you want about, well, you know, if RG3 hadn't gotten hurt or this pick was different or this coach made a different, you're, that's fine. Okay, remember, during his time of ownership, Cowboys haven't won either. Right? It's not like they were, hey, the Cowboys, they spent more money. Like, they ain't won either. But the mess was because of dysfunction. And you just, anyone who's worked in a company where the ownership, leadership is dysfunctional, you know that no matter how hard you work, no matter how good your plan, it ain't run, it, you ain't win a championship with that. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.